Hi, uh, my name's Anna, for those who don't know me, and I'm just going to be reading the Bible to us tonight. Uh, the first reading is on page 10 of the Zines, and it's from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and, whom will go for, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. And the second reading is from Revelations, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. After this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also, in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the centre, round the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes, in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honour and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, let's um, bow for prayer. Almighty God, um, we've read um, the description that uh, John the Divine had of you in all your glory and uh, all your majesty. And tonight uh, we've sung hymns that also uh, feature and emphasize your glory and majesty. 
And we pray in this uh, time um, that we have together that we might get a, a fresh vision of you in all your glory and majesty uh, so that we might live uh, a full and meaningful lives but above all bring glory to your name and we pray this through Christ. Amen. Today uh, you may or may not know in the uh, Christian calendar is uh, Trinity Sunday. And on Trinity Sunday, we recall that as Christians, uh, we believe that God is three in one. God exists as three distinct and yet equal persons, the Father, the Son, and uh, the Holy Spirit. Earlier in the week, I asked different people the question, what is the, what is the Trinity? And uh, here are some of the answers uh, I was given. One person said, I, I don't know. Uh, three essences in one. Uh, mystery and intimacy. An atomic bomb exploding. A figure in an old painting with three heads. Father, Son and Holy Ghost. One person was, while smiling and, and shrugging her shoulders said, God bless everyone. Belief in the Trinity um, is crucial to us as Christians. The, tr the Trinity really is about who God is, uh, what he is like, uh, how he acts, and how he should be approached. Now, it really is, and I think this has been emphasised already tonight, it's hard to get our heads around the idea there is only one true God with uh, three distinct persons. How can anyone say one plus one plus one equals one? It does not add up. It, it just doesn't make sense. And so it's important at the very outset of this presentation to say that, uh, yes, um, to believe in the Trinity is difficult for us human beings, even, well, incomprehensible. But if you think about it, for God to be God, the Godhead must be infinitely complex with capacities beyond our reasoning ability and our wildest imaginings. And it's in this connection that I'm reminded of the story of an old man um, sitting on the beach not too far from where a little boy had dug a hole in the sand. After digging the hole, the boy proceeded to um, go down to the ocean and, 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 and time and time again uh, with, his, with his small bucket, plastic bucket, and, and then walk it back again and then pour the water from the bucket uh, into the hole. When finally the old man got to speak to the boy, he asked, What are you doing? The boy replied, I am pouring the ocean into my hole. Now, trying to understand the being and nature of the Godhead is something like trying to pour the oceans of the world 
into a small hole on a beach. Just as the capacity of the hole the boy had dug was too small to hold the oceans, so the complexity and vastness of God's nature and ways are beyond the capacity of human minds. Our our minds just cannot fully understand and and comprehend, even uh, the greatest minds. You see, and you know this, God is in a class by himself. God is greater and vaster than the universes and beyond. God is greater and more complex than the whole human race uh, put together. So is it any wonder that uh, we scratch our heads and find it hard to understand the Trinity? And so that leads me to ask you the question, now, what are your thoughts about the Trinity? Now, there is a strong chance that uh, we subconsciously believe there is one God and we think of, say, Almighty God or, or God the Father, and that Jesus is special and somehow divine, but not quite as almighty as God the Father. Further, the Holy Spirit is a, a kind of a, a spiritual presence and power. Another possibility is that we think the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are roles are taken up by God at certain times in the course of history and even today. In a way, uh, each person in the Trinity is a little bit like a, a movie star or actor. You know, film stars play different parts in, in different movies at, at different times. I might mention, I, I, I take great pleasure out of, uh, particularly in, in, uh, in uh, British uh, television programs, identifying characters that I've seen in, in, in other, uh, other, uh, other um, uh, presentations. But when people do, it's, do this, it's like God at various times does act as father, at other times he acts as the son, and yet again at other times he acts as the Holy Spirit. Now you're probably aware that Jews and Muslims who, like Christians, believe there is only one God, think that Christians believe in three gods, which they regard not only as wrong but even blasphemous. Now, none of these views are accurate or sufficient to describe the Godhead as God has revealed himself in the Bible to us and also uh, through the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do Christians believe about the Trinity from the Bible? Belief in the Trinity can really be summed up, uh, well, I was going to say simply, but it's in this way. God is one. The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. There is not three gods, but one God. The Father is a person. The Son is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person. God is three persons, but only one God. The Bible teaches that from eternity, God in his very being has one substantial essence existing as three persons. And God will into eternity continue to be one substantial being, yet are three persons. 
Now, when we think of God as eternal, all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present, and so forth, we tend to think only of God the Father as possessing these attributes. But a careful study of the Bible reveals that all God's attributes are true of the three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because each person is fully God. So, God the, the, God the Son and, and God the Holy Spirit, along with God the Father, are eternal, unchangeable, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, uh, infinitely wise, infinitely holy, infinitely good, uh, infinitely righteous, infinitely just, and infinitely loving. Hard to understand? Confusing? We need to remember the little boy who dug the hole on the beach trying to pour the ocean into it. Our knowledge and our understanding is restricted by our limited minds. And that leads us um, uh, to the question, but how did Christians come to believe uh, in the Trinity? And Will, you had a, a very useful summary, and I'm going to say something similar uh, again. It all goes back to Jesus, the uh, 12 disciples, uh, the early church, the first Christians, the writing of the four Gospels along with the New Testament letters, a study of those writings by early Christian scholars over a period of, say, three centuries, when they formulated the beliefs into summary statements like we find in the Nicene Creed and also the Apostles' Creed that we uh, recited tonight. It's interesting to note that the word Trinity is not found in the Bible. You will not find a verse where it says God is three in one. The verses that come closest are Matthew 28 and 2 Corinthians 13.24. In Matthew we read that just prior to his ascension, Jesus said to his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Mention is made of one name, the name of one God, but three distinct persons, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. In his second letter to the church in Corinth, uh, Paul ends with a final prayer of blessing. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This prayer points to the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, each being of equal standing with one another. But having said that, our careful reading and study of the Bible shows us that, that God in his wisdom chose to reveal his uh, character and nature and plans progressively over time with more and more detail uh, coming to light about the Trinity as the scriptures and as the history of the people of Israel and the people of God progressed. 
Now, there are hints, and there are many of them, and I, I, I can't touch on many of them tonight, but there are hints in the Old Testament that even though there is one God, uh, he is not a, a single being. For example, mention is made right at the very beginning in Genesis uh, chapter 1 about the Spirit of God moving uh, across the face of the waters. Uh, and then tonight we, um, we also read from Isaiah chapter 6 verses 8 where Isaiah has a vision of Almighty God uh, in the temple and he he uses a, a threefold, as it were, acknowledgement of God in the words, holy, uh, holy, holy. And then again, uh, later on, uh, uh, Daniel uh, uh, speaks of uh, one like the Son of Man uh, descending from heaven uh, to judge the living and the dead uh, and to um, establish God's kingdom, of course, of which Jesus acknowledged uh, um, on the night before he died, that this particular prophecy uh, referred to him. Insight and understanding about the Trinity became fully clear, however, through the life and the experience of the first disciples. Now, keep in mind, Jesus' disciples were God-fearing Jews. And from their childhood, they were taught that there is only one God, and this God had revealed himself 2,000 years earlier uh, to the patriarch Abraham. Again, in the 14th century before Jesus, God revealed himself to the people of Israel uh, through uh, Moses as Yahweh. The name Yahweh meaning I am uh, who I am. Eternal, uh, without beginning or end. I have always been and I always will be and that is who I am. And so Moses clearly taught us that there is only one true God, Yahweh, as, and particularly this is summed up in a declaration that he made just uh, uh, prior to his departure, in, which is found in Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our God, Yahweh is one. Translated, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so this was the basic belief of the people of God through the rest of the Old Testament period and this was the, was the belief of the first disciples of Jesus. And then Jesus came. He was obviously very close to Yahweh and spoke of him and to him as his father. He encouraged the disciples to think of Yahweh as their father and to pray to him as Heavenly Father. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be uh, your name. But after three years with Jesus, listening to his teaching, observing his miracles, witnessing his resurrection and ascension, the disciples realised that Jesus was God in human form. The Apostle Thomas acknowledged this truth after Jesus' resurrection when he knelt before Jesus and said, my Lord and my God. And then after Jesus had ascended into heaven and the Holy Spirit had been given, the disciples realised that Jesus was still present. He was with them and in them uh, through the Holy Spirit. 
But not only was Jesus, uh, the Son of God, present with them, but also the Father as well. He too uh, was present with them. They experienced by faith the reality that Jesus had promised at the Last Supper when he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Jesus went on to say, On that day you will realise that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And, and then he goes on with these astounding words. And this is all possible through the Holy Spirit. My Father will love them, and we will come to them. That is, the Father in Jesus and make our home uh, with them. The Holy Spirit linked them spiritually to God the Father and God the Son and to one another. And this made them realise that the Holy Spirit, he too, uh, was also God. So, why is the Trinity so important? And what difference does it make in our lives if we do or do not believe in the Trinity? Uh, I mentioned this morning at church that there was somebody in our congregation that, that don't, they don't come to church with us now, but uh, this person um, uh, yet yeah, believed in God but just could not believe that God was Trinity and did not believe uh, that Jesus uh, was God. Let me put it this way. The Bible tells us God is love and gives us a picture of God the Father, God the Son and uh, God the Holy Spirit in a forever other person-centred love relationship. Each person of the Trinity serves and gives glory to the other two. The Father loves the Son and Holy Spirit. The Son loves the Father and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit loves the Father and the Son. But more astounding is that our, our God is so gracious and caring that Father, Son and Holy Spirit love us and want to include us uh, in their relationship, in their family, in their circle, in their, um, in their community. God planned and created us human beings to be included and embraced by his love, to be embraced by each person of the Trinity and to share in his love, the love that the Father, Son and Holy Spirit share. As Father God, who created and sustains the universe and us, he provides for us and protects us. As God the Son, he is the Saviour who died, rose again, and now rules as the living Lord to free us from the spiritual forces of evil led by the devil. He paid the penalty for our sins, and uh, 
He rescues us from spiritual death. Those who, who die apart from Christ will find themselves in a state that we might call spiritual death. We are physically alive, but many people who, who do not have a personal faith and trust in Jesus are spiritually dead. And, and unless those people are made uh, spiritually alive, and, and it's Christ who wants, because of his great love for us, he wants to include us in this, uh, he gives us this life uh, that will never end. As God the Holy Spirit, he unites us to the Father along with the Son, enlivening us with our spiritual life. Uh, we use the term born again, being born uh, from above. And also the Holy Spirit transforms us uh, into the Christ-like human beings that God has designed us to be. By the way, that's why, you know, all the time uh, we're being taught from the Bible that this is the right way to live and, and not way, that way. This is why we are, uh, are told to turn our backs upon how the world is trying to, uh, to teach us to live. If you'll excuse me, about things like same-sex marriage and, uh, and, uh, and, and abortion and, and euthanasia and, and so on. Because this is not the way that God designed us and this is not how we lead the fulfilled lives uh, that God uh, designed us to live. Knowing about and personally relating by faith to God as Father and Son can be, can be a life-changing and life-enhancing thing. First, knowing and acting in faith on the reality that God the Father, the Creator and Sustainer of everything, can give us stability, inner peace and, and, and calm. Now, it's not the complete answer, but, but, but our, our world is just filled with people who are anxious and worried about all manner of things and happenings around the world and uh, in our country and, and even in the, their lives. But if we realise that God is the creator and the sustainer and is in control of everything, this can bring us uh, stability and, and inner peace and, and calm. Because all things work together for the good of those who love God, who've been called according to uh, his purpose. And then knowing and acting in faith on the reality that God the Son is our living Saviour and Lord can give us a, a, a sense of, of relief and release. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. All our sins are forgiven and forgotten by God. And, and even though we fall and we fall often, we don't have to feel guilty because there is no condemnation because our Christ has died for our sins, as the Apostle Paul tells us. And then to knowing and acting uh, in faith, in the reality that God the Holy Spirit has enlivened us and is transforming us, can really, if we, we think about the Spirit being present with us and, and making the Father and the Son uh, present with us, this can comfort us, this can motivate us and, and strengthen us to be truly better and, and to live fulfilling lives. Because the Spirit, God's Spirit, pours into our lives His fruits of love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, faithfulness and self-control as we open ourselves 
uh, to him. And so I hope you can see it is important, therefore, that we embrace God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit personally and live daily uh, in their presence. We all know that prayer is important uh, in relating to God. In fact, it, 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 it's a known, we know. If we don't pray, then we can't uh, relate to God. We don't relate to God. Given that God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, uh, how, do, how, how do we pray? How should we pray? In modelling how to pray, Jesus taught us to pray to God the Father. You remember, he said, when you pray, pray this way, our Father in heaven. And this may be the way many, and perhaps most Christians, pray. And fair enough, if I'm honest, that's how I pray. However, in the Acts of the Apostles and other parts of the New Testament, we find the disciples and the first Christians also praying to Jesus and also uh, to the Holy Spirit. And this uh, points to the fact that it is right and at times beneficial to pray to the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit even if we mainly pray to the Father or we pray to Almighty God. And so let me finish uh, this uh, presentation uh, by pointing to you to a prayer uh, to the Trinity uh, composed by the late John Stott that I've used uh, each day now uh, for a number of years along with other prayers and you might find it helpful and... Um, Perhaps after the service, it's actually printed, I think, in the front of your zines. But this is the prayer. Good morning, almighty God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God the Father, creator and sustainer of the universe, I worship you. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, uh, Saviour of the world, I worship you. God, the Holy Spirit, sanctifier of the people of God, I worship you. Glory be to you, O God, our Father, Son and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning and ever shall be. Heavenly Father, I pray that I might live this day in your presence and please you more and more. Lord Jesus, I pray this day I may take up my cross and follow you. Holy Spirit, I pray that this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Holy, blessed and glorious Trinity, three persons in one God, have mercy on me.